Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Allie Klebus. And I'm Cressy Cornis. And today we are going to be talking about our favorite memories from Taylor's past tours. Let's be honest, we've all been missing Taylor tours. This is the perfect opportunity to regale each other with all of the memories of past tours as we hopefully get another Taylor tour in the near future. Fingers yes. crossed. Yes. <laughs> Fingers are crossed. I am praying. I am lighting candles. <laughs> I am thinking about Loverfest and what could have been and how we were going to go and how that didn't happen. But, you know, hopefully we'll have a Folklore Evermore Fearless Red Fusion tour coming soon. Maybe. So, Cressy, to get started, do you have any crazy personal memories from any of Taylor's tours that you've attended? So nothing like crazy. Both of my experiences at the 1989 World Tour and Reputation Stadium Tour were both excellent. <laughs> um, I will say at the Reputation Tour, I just remembered this. Uh, I went to the one in Nashville and I saw like people I kn- know there, like in line at the concessions. What? I saw girls who were in my sorority. I think they were a little bit younger than I am. I, I honestly could not even tell you their names, but I recognized them. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I see people I know at this concert, like a state yeah. in a different state, you know, like that's so cool. So I came up to them and I was like, oh my gosh, hi. And they were just like, hi. And that was it. What? <laughs> wow. I know. You wouldn't want to attend a concert with them anyways then. They were probably jealous because I was in full costume and I looked so good. <laughs> yeah. So, and they were probably in like jeans and t-shirts. You got to dress up to go to these concerts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I got to be honest. I don't think I did for reputation. I wore like a black ensemble, you know, it was like, yeah, it was like edgy, but I should have gone all out. I think from this point moving forward, I will only go all out. <laughs> So my personal crazy memory from a Taylor tour, and I mentioned this during the Don't Blame Allie edition called My Fearless Love Story when I brought my mom and my sister on, was that when we were in the arena for Taylor's Fearless tour, we were seated directly across the arena from where Taylor popped out on the other side among the crowd. Like it was a total surprise section, all of this, and we were so pissed we were like because like how easy is that to pick tickets yep in the same like area just on the other side like sh- we probably considered those tickets yeah just like, yeah i'm just mad i'm just mad but well at, for her next concert we will spring out and get baller seats yes. so we'll have a good um Close up wherever she goes. Yes, I'm going into credit card debt for these. Oh, same. I don't even care. I won't even think twice. $800 done. Well, now that we have covered all of our personal tour memories, shall we begin with our top Taylor Swift tour memories of all time? Yeah, let's start with Taylor getting in a sticky situation. (laughs) And I just remembered another one, so I have two for this one. 
Okay, let's get, let's hear it. So let's start with Taylor getting stuck in her flying carriage during the Reputation tour. It's where she wears the Tide Pod dress, if you guys remember, and she gets up in that uh, floating thing. Yes. Well, she got stuck in it. And she had to completely move over to the snake carriage and figure it out while the whole crowd is watching. And <laughs> I think she was really annoyed with the stadium managers. Really? Because in the clips that exist on YouTube of it, she's like, no one's talking to me through my headpiece. I don't know what to do. Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> like, can you guys hear me? Like, I don't know what to do. And it's like <laughs> maybe 10 minutes of this, you know? Yeah. But she handles it like a champ. She sings a cappella. She sings our song. And the crowd sings it with her. It's beautiful. She then sings some wildest dreams. Hits those high notes. It's a beautiful moment. I would have loved to have been at this tour. Ali, do we know what city this was in? Honestly, I don't. Let's check out the YouTube video because maybe it will sh- say it there. That's where I looked and I couldn't find it. Okay. Taylor Swift gets stuck midair in a sparkly basket at Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Concert. Okay. Dirty Philly. Interesting. There we go. I wish I was there because like, yeah, she was like trying to communicate with the stage manager Mm -hmm. through her microphone that everyone in the whole like stadium could hear. Yeah. And she had an earpiece and I'm sure the crowd was screaming so loudly and being so obnoxious because she was like right there in the crowd that she couldn't hear what they were saying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She also got stuck in her little floating carriage during her 1989 tour. Similar situation. And the last one of Taylor getting on sticky situations that I want to bring up before we move on is when Taylor performed Love Story in 2010 in the Staples Center. Have you seen this, Allie? No. What are you talking about? She's performing Love Story and she's in like the Renaissance gown. Yes. Yeah. I know the one. And she's in, um, it's like a, a beautiful set was built, basically like a castle and she's walking down the steps of the castle and her long gown gets caught in something while she's singing and she's like yanking it with her hand and like still singing and yank like oh and i it, think I did it goes on for maybe 60 seconds before she can get through and she's just like awkwardly smiling like yep i'm stuck <laughs> but she's still singing what a pro what a pro she really is shall we move on to the next top moment yes so the next moment that we're going to talk about is Taylor Swift wanting Alanis Morissette to slap her on stage during the 1989 world tour when they sing You Oughta Know, because there's like a line that says, it's a slap in the face. And I thought for the longest time that this was a real slap because there's a quote from Taylor talking about this saying, bruises heal, moments last forever. So I thought this was like an actual slap. I have believed that for years and years. I watched the video today and it was more of like the like elementary school version of Romeo and Juliet slap where it's like you don't even hit the you're not even close to the person's yes, face. Yeah, they just move their face really fast. No, like it was literally like a waft in front of her face, you know, oh. but still maybe from an angle someone thought that. But still, I like the sentiment. I like the energy brought on stage. Yeah, still iconic. There were so many iconic things from the 1989 world tour, though, with, like, surprise guests that... Yes. I guess one extra one would be when she brought on um, Phoebe from Friends, and they sang Smelly Cat. 
Absolutely. Or Mick Jagger. True. That was, I would have died to have been at that one. Yes. Uh, That was Nashville too. And I went to the Nashville reputation one. So I was like so close to that happening to me. Oh my God. I didn't. I had Tovo. <laughs> You're going to be complaining about that for the rest of your life, probably. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, continuing uh, with uh, the 1989 World Tour, we need to talk about the golf club sequence of Blank Space. Yes. Where she harmonizes with herself thrice. <laughs> uh, Taylor said this was her favorite performance every night. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, pause this and go watch it because it is my favorite performance of hers of all time. Yes. She's, it's the second, is it the second song she performs? It's like, it starts with Welcome to New York and then I think it goes right into Blank Space. Does it go right in? Well, there's an outfit change. Or is it New Romantics first? Well, she didn't perform New Romantics. That was just for the movie tour. Oh, so I don't remember how it went at, like, the regular tours. Like, um, at least for my 1989 tour, she did not sing New Romantics or This Love or any of, like, the bonus tracks or anything. Okay. But she sings that it was all just in for the movie. Her. Yeah. Yeah. She does it all for the movie. So Sid- Sydney got to see it all. Uh, I'm so mad still about the 1989 <laughs> world tour. But anyway, um, Taylor has i guess it's like a it's like a one-piece suit that's like shorts is that the good way to describe it yeah it's, like it's a kind blazer. of like a blazer yeah yeah like very like professional yeah. yeah and she has a golf club and she's spinning it around and she hits it on her mic stand for ding ding and then it play, and then she's like let me hear that back and then she i wish we were recording this so people could see me doing it she's like i know but you guys all know what i just did if you know what i'm talking about where she like whips her ear to the side to listen back let me hear that back oh my god and then she goes into the bridge of the song boys only want love if it's torture and that plays over the ding dings and then she does that again and a note higher and it all plays at the same time and then she does it again and it happens three times three she harmonizes with herself three times it really is incredible. It's it's amazing. It's it is the moment. It nothing was the same after that performance. If you are a Taylor fan and you haven't seen it, which was me like two years ago before <laughs> I ever watched the 1989 World Tour. Actually, not even two years ago. Probably like one year ago. It's a life changing performance. It's just it's just iconic. It's so good. And the beginning of that, even even just like forgetting this iconic bridge, the beginning where she just like appears and she pops her hip out. Yeah. To the dings at the beginning. Oh, yeah. You said that was your favorite. Like, it's just ever. And her back is to everyone. And then she slowly turns around with the mic. It's so good. I think that is just like an instant serotonin release. It is. It's it is the moment. The way she walks, like she, it's almost like she's doing butt kicks when she struts too. Yeah, she like hits her like heel against her leg. Uh, it if is you a haven't catwalk. seen it, go watch it now. We'll have all the links as always on our website. So all these videos, you don't have to search for yourself. You yeah. can find it. So the next moment that we are going to talk about is when Ed Sheeran surprised Taylor on stage during the Red Tour. So Taylor had no idea this was coming. Again, we're going to link the video on our website. 
But basically, Taylor starts her performance for We Are Not Getting, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And she's in that circus ringmaster outfit, the one that she was also featured in on the Look What You Made Me Do video when she's falling, um, with the top hat. And all of her dancers are dressed up like clowns with all the white outfits and white face paint and everything. And there's Ed. He just appears on stage in complete clown costume and like you can tell that Taylor's like thrown off like it's like is that him is that like you know because like, how can you recognize that like right away I wish that she like didn't realize right away but he kind of stopped and like looked at her and like kind of made a moment out of yeah, it he made it creepy yeah it was a little creepy and then he, it scared me and then he had to like I know it's like Pennywise who um yeah because he's got the orange hair yeah it it he was the perfect person to appear on stage as a clown. Let's just say that much. Um, but I kind of watched further into the video today and like he kind of then has to like, you know, everyone knows it's Ed Sheeran at that point. So now he's kind of like featured in the performance and he kind of dances around. I mean, I love Ed, so I would have freaked yeah. out if I saw that. It just kind of shows how good of friends they were, you know, like yeah. it's kind of sweet. He surprised her on stage. Ali, do you like Ed's new song? Yes, I know it has a lot of hate um, because it sounds... What? It has hate? I saw some... Maybe it's just like a certain TikTok I saw. Some people are um, talking about how it like... How he's like selling his soul to like pop music to like get like radio hits and things like that. I think... Um... Yeah. He's selling his... He's been like a pop star for years. Yeah, and I think it's totally fine. Like, just because he's acoustic does not mean he needs to stay, like, you know, or just because he, like, started out, like, as an acoustic player doesn't mean that he needs to, like, only do that for the rest of his life and not progress, you know? Yeah. And I I think... I don't... I don't think selling out is a negative thing. Yeah. Because that's how stars become famous. I think Ed sold out a long time ago. Yeah. You know, like, we're well... We're well past this, like, unknown indie singer who sang the, the A-team. You know, yeah. like, we're well past that. Yeah. So that's... That's dumb criticism. Ed is pretty much the only other artist that, like, I'll sit down and be like... Like, for a car trip or something. Other than Taylor, mm. he's, like, the only other artist that I'm, like... I'm going to listen to Ed Sheeran today, you know, like, and, like, only listen to Ed and, like, really dive in. His voice, it's just so milky. It just sounds so good. But, anyways. One time you said it was, like, honey in your ears. Honey in my ears. That's <laughs> <laughs> not right. I, I always mess up idioms. I'm, like, someone who's, like, like, it's, like, I just don't understand them. I'm not an English major like you. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I can't pronounce half the words I say, so. Yeah. I'm 100% the person that, like, will try to say, like, a well-known saying and then say it wrong, which just makes me look more stupid for, like, trying to say it. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, want to move on to the next moment? Let's talk about when Taylor dressed as Olaf from Frozen with uh, Adina Menzel when she surprised everyone as a special guest on the 1989 tour, which again, the most iconic tour. Yes. Um, she was Olaf and Adina was, uh, what's her Elsa. name? The blonde one. Elsa. Elsa. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> and she was Elsa. She had the blue dress and braid. Did she have the braid? Uh, honestly, not sure. 
Perhaps. I think she did. I think it was not a blonde wig, but she had her hair braided. I'm yeah, sure. no, she definitely went out with like brown hair for sure. But the most iconic part of it was that Taylor was dressed as a snowman. Yeah. The <laughs> first time that I saw this, like, because I think it's featured in the 1989 movie, but I think I yeah. saw it first, like, on Instagram or, like, um, you know, like a TikTok or something. And I was so confused. I was like, when the hell did Taylor dress up like a snowman? Honestly, <laughs> like, I just did not even know that, like, existed at all. Yeah. But yeah. I love it. And that was probably, like, the moment at the time. That was probably right when Frozen came out. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I have not seen Frozen since then, so I'm not an expert. But it definitely was a moment. Yes. Sorry, Allie, let's take it away with the next one since I I don't have any more Frozen facts <laughs> to share with y'all. I really don't. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Um. Well, the next moment we're going to talk about is when Taylor sings... Dear John, during the Speak Now tour, and she sings the iconic line, probably one of my favorite lines that she's ever written, because it's just so ballsy. The line, I'm shining like fireworks over your sad, empty town, and the stage just, like, erupts with, like, fireworks. It's, if you don't tear up while watching that, I, you might not be human. Yeah, certainly not a Taylor (laughs) fan. It is so powerful. (laughs) It is. It's, like, you can just see it in her eyes. But, like, that line, though, that is a brutal... That is a bitch line. Like, in the best way. I'm saying bitch positively. Like, that is... Yeah. That cuts deep. I'm shining, like, fireworks over your sad, empty town. Imagine saying that to an ex-boyfriend in a text. <laughs> and then you use it with, like, scent with fireworks. <laughs> With, like, thousands of people screaming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The power, the power. Just just that performance, the purple dress, the white gloves, the ponytail, her hitting those notes. It's a moment. It's incredible. It's I mean, a lot of people will talk about, like, the live version of Dear John. So, with good reason. And rightfully. Yeah, lots of good reason. I watch that all the time, and I do not relate to it at all. I was looking up a lot of things about Speak Now Tour today, and, like, a lot of times I saw the word theatrical placed as an adjective before Speak Now, which I think is kind of cool. Like, it was probably, you know, the first time she was pretty theatrical. I mean, like, she always put on a performance. It was always, like, a very showy performance, you know? But, like, I feel like the Speak Now Tour really kind of birthed the future. I don't know. Taylor just puts on a great show. I feel like she was like that with Fearless, though, especially like Love Story, You Born oh, With Me. True. Those all had really awesome costumes, too. That is true. She's always, she's been doing it since day one. Yeah. All right. She's a pro. She's a pro. Shall we move on to the next one? Okay. Now let's get to one of the most precious moments of Taylor's tours <laughs> that involves. Mama Swift. She is truly the backbone of Taylor when she goes on tour. And specifically, her drawing the 13 on Taylor's hand every time. Allie, did you know that Taylor's mom did this? I thought that Taylor did it herself until it was revealed in the Reputation movie. I definitely thought that she did it herself as well because it looked like she did. And I think that, like, they even, like, way back when, I think they even promoted that. 
she drew it or maybe it was just like Taylor draws a 13 mm-hmm. on her hand like maybe it just wasn't ever clarified it was that it never corrected that's for sure <laughs> yeah it was just it was just like interpret they, I think they tried to make it seem that yeah way, yeah know? but no for it sure. was Andrea Swift mama Swift herself the backbone of through. Taylor's tours and we saw in Taylor's reputation movie that it might have been Miss Americana since that shows reputation clips. Just going <laughs> to uh, admit it right here, right now, that I could be combining these mo- two movies together in my mind. It happens. But we see in one of those films that um, Andrea does it again. And Taylor says, this is the first time you've done this since 2009. Yeah. That's adorable. And it was still as good. Yeah. Because she's the only one that can be trusted with the important job. And also on that clip, I don't know if you noticed this Allie and we'll have a link to this video, of course, on our website, if you want to watch it yourself, Um, someone is doing Taylor's hair behind her while Taylor's mom is drawing the 13 and they're curling her hair with a straightener. What? Yeah. With a straightener, which is very ironic because her old curls were straightened and now she's straightening her curly hair. Back. It's not a curling iron. It's not a hair wand. It's a full-on straightener, which you can curl your hair with a straightener. Yeah. It's just a very unconventional way to do it. I It really caught my attention. That's interesting. I definitely did not notice that, but that, yeah, you wouldn't anticipate that for like Taylor Swift. Like getting like yeah. hairstylists, like professional hairstylists, you would think that they'd be using like a barrel. No, it, it looks like a a, a chi <laughs> uh, hair straightener, like from high school. Wow. You too can have Taylor's hair. <laughs> yes. If you have a I'm going to try that out. Yeah, I'm going to try that out tonight. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, Ali, why don't we talk about your favorite performance ever? I think I know. this is very fitting for this list. When Cressy corrected me earlier when I said Speak Now was her first theatrical tour and mentioned the outfits in Fearless, I almost couldn't conceal this moment, but I had to wait until this point in the episode. The next top tour moment is none other than the rain pour finale of the Fearless Tour. Oh, iconic. You, you all know. You all know this is my favorite performance. You also know if you listen to my mom and my sister talking in the Don't Blame Alley episode with them, you know that's my whole family's yeah. favorite. So paint paint a scene for us, Allie. What is it like? <sighs> you well, saw it firsthand, so I, I, I trust your account of this. Yeah, but I feel like my account is really mixed in with the YouTube video of her at the ACM slash CMAs, whatever. Mm -hmm. They changed their name. Like, that performance that year, it's, like, kind of, it's just intermingled, you know? Like, like, that performance on TV is, like, burnt into my memory (laughs) because I watch it so much. Um, But basically, it's just, like, this big, it's just exactly how it sounds. It's, like, a rain pour coming down from the back of the stage, but not only... Is it raining? It's also spelling out the words like no and like things in the rain, like science, like they're doing it, you know? (laughs) How are they doing this? I have no idea. I don't know if this is my imagination now, but I'm also imagining like fake lightning, but that could just be me right now. I don't know if that actually happened or not. Anyways, but like Taylor walks up to this rain pour during should have said no and she goes, no, no, uh, uh, uh. you know, like really long, drawn out. She has the whole crowd at her fingertips per usual. And like the whole time, especially when I was watching it on TV at the CMA slash ACM awards, like you're really thinking, is she going to go in the water? Like, is she actually going in it or is she just going to yeah. dance in front of it? Is she actually about to do it? Well, she gets soaked like 
It's just... She commits. It's incredible. It's it's literally incredible. And as a matter of fact, just the other day, I was talking to my friend Trace, who's like probably, he's at least five years older than me. I won't age him too much. I'm going to say like eight years and then he's going to be like, Allie, I'm not 32 <laughs> or whatever. I don't even know. Um, but he's older than me. And he was randomly telling me the story about how on his like 18th or 16th birthday, again, not doing the math correctly, somewhere around that vicinity. A milestone moment. Yeah, a milestone moment. He asked his parents to buy him a ticket to the ACM slash CMA awards. And he was like telling me this because he was like, yeah, that's like the one time I saw Taylor Swift perform. Well, my boyfriend Sam's sitting right next to me and he knows. And (laughs) we look at each other and my mouth is ajar. I'm like, (laughs) was she in a hoodie at the beginning (laughs) was there rain was there rain involved and like sure enough he was at that performance wow he witnessed history being made i was like you should i was shaking i'm still shaken like i just cannot (laughs) believe that he saw the performance of a lifetime i will never not be jealous of that it's hard to watch other people live out your dreams also, in that CMA slash ACM performance, I'm kind of convinced that the hoodie and jeans that she starts out with before, like, being ripped off and then she's in this, like, black dress that looks like something you would wear to homecoming in ninth grade. <laughs> if you were, like, ninth graders when me and Cressy were <laughs> ninth graders. Um, like, I'm pretty convinced that that hoodie jean set was, like, a one-piece set. Like, I don't think it was two separate pieces. I think it was, like, literally split down the middle. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how breakaway pants and whatnot work. I really don't. <laughs> I would love to know. But though. she did it flawlessly. Yeah. She, well, and she even did it in her performance. Didn't she do it with the, like, red dress a couple times too? Like, I feel like she's done the whole, like, outfit change a couple times now. Yeah, she did the outfit change when she performed You Belong With Me. That's she what I was thinking ripped of. off the, the band uniform. Yeah. She loves a good outfit change on she stage. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go on to the next one? Now let's talk about the next iconic moment, Taylor's cover of Betty Davis Eyes during the Speak Now tour. She actually did a lot of amazing covers during this tour and really all of her tours. But this was extra special because she sang it in a... It's different than the original. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's different, but in a good way. What did you think of it, Allie? I just can't get over the way she says precocious. Yes. That's, <laughs> like, my, that's I, one of my favorite words, too. Precocious. It's just like an interesting thing. Like, I wonder who recommended that she sings that song or if it was like something that she really wanted to sing. Like, I'm wondering, like, yeah, how that was placed because that song when she sings it it sounds like it's made for her it really does it maybe it'll be a bonus track on speak now from the vault i would love that like because i feel like a lot of people really talk highly about this cover like she's had other covers like she's she's done like mashups with like it's too late to apologize all of that but like something about betty davis eyes by taylor swift her doing that cover it's just like magical it just Mm -hmm. sounds perfect for her it really does and she just does so many other great ones too like i think her cover of drops of jupiter is also iconic behavior yeah i need to listen to that i haven't listened to that in a long time i kind of forgot that she did that until you said that i don't love that she changes the pronouns I kind of think it's a little weird because um, Train sings that song about his mom with cancer, so it's not like a, a romantic 
sexual love yeah. song. So I always found it weird that she changes the pronouns, but it's still a beautiful song. So she says drops of Jupiter in his hair? Yeah. She... Uh, okay. And it kind of... At first, it's kind of jarring since it is a song about, like, his mom's cancer. Yeah. But maybe she didn't know that at the time, you know? It's still a beautiful cover. Or maybe she's, like, singing it. Maybe she had someone in mind, you know? Didn't... it? There was a song, like, a really sad song around the Fearless Speak Now era about, like, a young boy with cancer. Uh, Ronan. Ronan, right? Yeah. So maybe, like, that was where the inspiration was being drawn from. Maybe. In Drops of Jupiter, it can be a song that you can relate to your romantic past. So maybe she was just making it her own. Yeah. But I, I've always I've always found that an odd choice of hers. But yeah. um, Umbrella is another iconic oh, cover. you know that. What is your favorite... Um, cover that taylor has done like with the surprise guest now that you've watched the 1989 world tour movie you've seen all of those um the reputation movie showed some of those i gotta be honest and probably because i like mentioned this already in this episode but i really dig the alanis morissette yeah cover or you know whatever the duet that she sings you ought to know because like she even mentions like how alanis morissette was the first to, like, really put that kind of anger into a song, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, it was, like, women can be angry and we can sing about that anger, you know? So I found that super interesting, like, Mm -hmm. that she brought Alanis Morissette on for that. And I just, their voices just sound amazing for it. And, like, the anger, like, Taylor's facial expression as she sings it, like, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I eat that shit up. What about you? I love Satisfaction with Mick Jagger. Okay. icon behavior, just... I mean, two of the most famous people in the entire world. I think I need to watch that. I don't know if I've seen that. It's in the 1989 World Tour, and Taylor talks about it so fondly. I think she even puts Mick in, like, two separate parts of the um, the movie. But she's like, yeah, we shut down Nashville that night. Wow. <laughs> I mean, imagine it. Like, you go see Taylor Swift in Nashville, and Mick Jagger walks out? Yeah, that's insane. Wow. Satisfaction... Just makes me think of the time that Adam Lambert sang that on American Idol. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I also did not really watch American Idol that much. So. Yeah, no, I was a big Ameri- I was a big award show girl, big whatever <laughs> talent show girl. Like I, we watched it all yeah. as a family. Anyway, do you want to take it away with um some Reputation tour memories? <laughs> this is like probably the broadest memory out of everything we've talked about, but I feel like we have to mention it when we talk about Taylor tours. It's when everyone was saying that Reputation was going to be this like massive failure, massive flop, and then it was the exact opposite. It was the highest selling tour in US history. I don't know if it still is, but it was at the time. And I just... We have to mention that. In an episode about her tours, we have to mention the fact. I'll just read exactly what Taylor says when she's accepting her iHeartRadio award for tour of the year. Not even going to mention. Well, yes, I am going to mention. She also won tour of the year from the AMAs as well. Like this, you know, everyone knows. Reputation was incredible. But when she's accepting her award at the iHeartRadio awards, she says, quote, For, like, the entire six months leading up to the first show of this tour, every headline that I read about the tour was, this is going to be a massive failure. This is going to be a flop tour. I've learned a lot, 
And one of the things I've learned is that life is really unpredictable and people can make forecasts and they can make predictions, but those predictions and forecasts may not come true if there's an unforeseeable factor involved. And that unforeseeable factor in this case was my fans. I honestly owe everything, everything in my life to you. You guys are the reason why this tour and the only reason why this tour wasn't a massive failure and why it ended up being the highest selling tour in U.S. history. That's you. End quote. What's funny about this is that just today I was scrolling on Twitter on the GFAW account and people were um, retweeting the articles about this tour. Oh, really? The things that were like, um, looks like Taylor Swift isn't so relatable anymore. Her reputation tour has record low sales, like things like that. Oh. Like horrible things about this tour. And then next to it was like, you know, like these awards and stuff and how it's like one of the biggest tours to ever happen ever yeah and it just shows how you know people love to knock a woman down who's powerful and successful you know exactly like why do you care like i I mean i know that's part of the industry like people always make forecasts and things like that and they have to be Mm -hmm. edgy and they're like little opinion pieces but it's like what is the point before tour happens just like saying it's gonna be a flop you know like why yeah and it's not interesting yeah like imagine it being about another artist like if i was flipping through the news wherever and i saw like looks like justin bieber's upcoming tour has low turnout i'd be like i don't care yeah like it's just (laughs) who cares and like no matter what a concert is usually going to be pretty popular whether it's like sold out or not who knows but like People are still going to go regardless of, like, who the artist is. I'd be interested yeah. to know if someone's done, like, an arena tour and, like, had a half-empty stadium. I mean, it's bound to have happened at least once. Well, there's actually an episode of Swindled, the podcast. Oh, really? Where they talk about this band that, like, went fake famous that basically, like, bought all these YouTube subscribers and stuff. And they had, like, a fake European tour and the guy's bandmates didn't know it was all fake until they got to Europe and they were playing like these venues and there was no one in the audience for any of them. Oh my God. I'll have to find the episode of it. It was a really old episode from forever ago, but it's of swindled. I'll uh, put it in our sources, but it, it does happen. You can wow. like swindle your way into selling out tours and stuff. That's crazy. Not Taylor though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, next one. Back to more iconic behavior moments. We need to discuss the rock version of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together during the 1989 World Tour. I would venture to say that this tour has some of the most iconic moments of all time, (laughs) of all artists ever. Yeah. But this version where she's like, ah! Yes! And like the fire, and she's like, ooh, 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 ooh. I just love it so much, and it's so ominous. And... Taylor originally wanted that song to be slower and they kind of made it more pop friendly, radio friendly, which is good because it turns it into a top 40 hit. But hearing this, it's like this is closer to how she wrote it, basically. Yeah. And how just kind of dark it is. I love it. So angry. Like she literally like puts her hand up to her face and is like, you used to say, like, you know, it's so angry. When she's like, uh. Some indie record much cooler than mine. Yes, it's. I love um, it. That is kind of more Alanis Morissette energy too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's just like that pure anger. The outfit too. I can't believe mm-hmm. you've gone this long without mentioning the outfit. The black one piece 
I think her boots were like connected to it too, which makes it even more iconic. Yeah. She looks like a super spy. Uh, <laughs> super spy! I know. I've been watching too much TikTok. <laughs> we need this version on Red Taylor's version. Yes. We do. But anyway, moving forward. Moving we could probably forward. spend a whole episode just on the outfit alone. So we should probably keep going. The next moment we're going to talk about is when the squad walked out on stage during the 1989 world tour. Now, we know if you've listened to our squad episode, the squad is kind of, you know, problematic now because, you know, mm-hmm. many of them weren't really true friends. But imagine being at this concert of the 1989 world tour in London when all of these people walk out. Are you ready to hear the list? Let's hear it. Martha Hunt. Queen. Kendall Jenner. Meh. Serena Williams. Icon. Carly Kloss. Trash. Gigi Hadid. I think she was groomed by Joe Jonas. Still love her. <laughs> and Cara Delevingne. Queen behavior. They all walk out on stage during Taylor's performance of Style. Wow. That is such a good song to like catwalk to. I would just like to say it's pretty ironic that Kendall Jenner walked out to that when she, like, you know, had her thing with Harry and style is about Harry Styles, you know? Yeah, I want to know why she was included. Like, are any of them friends with her? I don't know. I mean, I think that they were just, like, that model squad, like, Victoria's Secret, you know, they all Mm -hmm. just knew each other. Probably, like, friends of friends. But what's interesting was there were also more famous people, like, in the audience that night. Mm-hmm. I would like to sub out Kendall Jenner and sub in Emma Watson, who was in the crowd that night. Like, that would have been iconic. If Emma Watson walked out, like, that's just, like, someone for everyone. Yeah, and they're in London, too. Oh, my God. Yes. So, like, that would cause hysteria. Maybe Emma Watson was like, that's a little much for me. Like, I don't need all that. Honestly, I feel like... I'm sure Taylor asked, you know? Yeah. I'm sure she did because she mentioned in the 1989 World Tour movie that whenever she would find out who was coming that night, she would ask them if they wanted to go on. Yeah. So I feel like maybe Emma just wanted to enjoy her night and, you know, like as a concert goer. But man, would that have been iconic. Well, and Emma Watson is used to the hysteria of, like, Harry Potter mm-hmm. fans. So she's probably kind of like, I've had enough. Like, I don't yeah. need to, like, go Or people may, stage. like, try to, like, harass her for the rest of the concert if she did. Yeah, maybe people didn't really realize she was there until they, like, posted a picture later. Yeah. Um, so I get it. But, man, that would have been awesome. I would like to. Because Kara had the Union Jack flag that she was waving around. Oh, yeah. Like, Emma could have done that, too. Yeah. I would also like to sub out Carly Kloss and sub in Ellie Golding. Just would have been that better. That would be great too. Anyone would have been better than Carly Kloss. But also in the audience was Lauren Aquilina as well as Joe Jonas. I would have put yeah. Joe Jonas in there, but it seemed like a girl squad moment. But you know? Yeah. Yeah. This was just the girlies. Just the girlies. Um, and I just. I just think that's iconic, nonetheless. Like, <laughs> having all those models walk out, like, I just... And Serena Williams. Talk about mm-hmm. hysteria. I would have freaked out for that, but... Same. Shall we move on to the next moment? Yes. Uh, 13 on our list. Yes. Taylor's performance of Better Than Revenge on the Speak Now tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know. this is a uh, an interesting song in 2021, Yes. I know we look at it at a different lens. I know Taylor doesn't perform it anymore. 
But wow, just the energy <laughs> in this performance. Okay, so it starts with like a phone ringing, which is anytime a phone rings in a Taylor Swift song, you know you need to shut up and listen. Because <laughs> something's about to fucking happen. Yes. So anyway, it goes, hi, sorry you've missed me. Leave a voicemail. Make it hot. <laughs> and then it beeps. And then it starts into the song. And it's just, wow. Yeah. Just the layers of that. Because the song is about the end of her relationship with Joe Jonas. And that ended via voicemail. And this song starts with a voicemail inbox greeting. Yeah. And... And every guitar riff of this performance, she's whipping her hair, like rocker style. And I'm like, how did she not faint? I know. It was intense. Whipping her giant curly hair just around like crazy during every guitar riff. And if you've heard the song, you know, it's It's a lot of riffs. There's a lot of guitars. (laughs) There's a lot. And I'm like, how did she not faint? And it's just, I think it's one of the performances. I think it's up there with the blank space performance where it's just like, she can't have that energy for every single song, you know? Yeah. But this is, this song has some of the highest energy I've ever seen out of Taylor perform. I would agree with that. It's, it's on another level. And just knowing she's 19 when she's doing it. When you're 19, things are hard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you have so much anger. Just the level of like sass that she like has during it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she even, like, whips her hair at the end and, like, holds her hand up, like, really sassy. And I forget what word she does it to, but it's, like, actress or, like, something like that. Like, she continues to flip her hair, like, really sarcastically sassy Mm -hmm. throughout, like, obviously making fun of this girl. Yeah. And, like, sprinting around stage, whipping her head around. I, if I did this performance, like, if I put it on my TV and I mimicked her body movements like I was watching a cardio class, (laughs) I would be sore the next day. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, people, I didn't know this until watching a behind the scenes video of like Miley Cyrus, but I would imagine Taylor's done this too. But there's a video of Miley Cyrus like singing her songs while like running on a treadmill. I bet that's part of like getting in shape yeah. for a tour. I would. I can, it's hard for me to like laugh and then podcast sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes like, we laugh really hard. I'm like, I need a second. It knocks the wind out of you. Like, but it would make sense with the amount of like movement Taylor's had in like mm-hmm. certain performances. I mean, she's not really doing much less or much more than what Miley Cyrus does on stage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends. Yeah. Maybe Banger's concert was a little more intense, but like, yeah. you know, like I feel like Taylor probably has to practice this. Yeah. I mean, this this is a song where I'd be like, yeah, I could see her like needing to lip sync it because of how hard she goes. Yeah, true. And she is just a pro and she she does it. So that is why it made number 13 of this list. Yes. Shall we move on to number 14? We only have two yeah. more. Two more. Let's hear it. Number 14. We have to mention this, especially with Red TV coming later this year. Taylor's entrance to the Red Tour, her opening song, State of Grace. This performance just makes me feel like jazz. <laughs> yeah. Because like it starts with the, you know, it has like the word red flashing and there's a big red curtain. And then all of a sudden her silhouette appears behind the red mm-hmm. curtain. And like it's her silhouette for like pretty much the whole like short intro to the song. But it's just so jazzy. And I don't know what kind of hat she's wearing. It's like in the fedora family. I don't, it's not like actually I think it's a, a fedora hat. 
Oh, bowler hat. Okay, I didn't know what that was called. She's wearing a bowler hat. She's doing her silhouette. Her, like, arms on her hip. Her hips pointed out. She has the mic up in her, like, typical upward angle. Like, it's just... To me, it just screams, like, jazz. But... (laughs) She knows how to make an entrance. Well, and then after that, so after the curtains, like, pulled down, she, like, you know, appears and everyone's going crazy for her. But, like, she's walking down this big set of stairs and she jumps, like, at least five of the stairs. Like, I want to say it was probably even more than five. Yeah. Every night. Like, I would not feel comfortable trying to jump those stairs. Thank God she was in her kids era. I know, like, I would never in a million years try and jump that yeah. amount of stairs on a stage no. while singing. No. And, like, what's the point of that? Did it really make that much of an effect? I guess it did, because we're talking about it now. <laughs> but, like, yeah. like, why couldn't she just, like, skip down them? Or, like, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems aggressive, but I respect it. I do, too. And just State of Grace is such an excellent opener. Honestly, all of her concert openers are iconic starting 1989 with welcome to new york yeah starting reputation with ready for it yeah she just knows how to start is it always her first song in the album that she starts with i feel like there was one where it didn't start with is it always her first song in the album um i would say no yeah but it's weird because welcome to new york state of grace Ready for it. Those are all her first songs. Is Ready for It first of Reputation? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out the next time she tours. Yeah, we will. We sure will. Because we'll be there. <laughs> yes. Front row. Hell yeah. Should we go on to the very last top Taylor tour memory? Yes. And this one is controversial. So let's dish. I didn't know it was controversial. So... You guys know in the song, Delicate, there's one, two, three, let's go, bitch. It's, um, you know the song, this one for the best, my reputation's never been worth so, you must like me for me, we can't make any promises, now can we, babe, but you can make me a drink. One, one two, two, three, let's, let's go, go, bitch. <laughs> Die bar on the east side, where you at? Yeah. So anyway, that's a fan creation that started, um, a few concerts into the reputation tour um taylor herself will count down to it with her fingers um she seems to like it i think she had a tumblr post about it too and camilla cabello when she was the opener she would um like do the do it too with the crowd yeah like it people liked it but i did some googling before uh we recorded today and a lot of fans didn't like it what? Which is interesting because Taylor herself liked it because she participated in it. And so did, like, her opening acts. But people are like, have we learned nothing? We're calling her a bitch? It's like, no. no. That's not what that is at all. It's fun. Yeah. And I even do it when I'm alone and listening to Delicate. Yeah. I'll be like, in my room, like, <laughs> one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Die bar on the east side. It just works so yeah. well. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who don't like it. A lot of people think it's immature. A lot of people think it's cringy. And what I have to say to that is let people have fun. Let people enjoy things. Yeah. If Taylor likes it, then it's okay. You yeah. know, it's, if Taylor like rolled her eyes when the crowd did it, then that's different. Yeah. But obviously this is something fun and lighthearted. Some inside joke with the fandom. Yeah. Now let's get to the other layer of controversy. The person who created this account 
on Twitter is at larger reputation. They are now suspended. Oh, what? I don't know why. <laughs> I'd be very uh, curious I know that to they, find out. They did meet Taylor at one point. They made it to the secret sessions. What? For Lover. And now they're banned? Their uh, Twitter account is suspended. I think we should leave it at that because I actually want to do an episode just on Taylor Stan drama. <laughs> I want to talk about whatever happened with this account getting suspended. You know, it may not have even been something juicy or anything. Sometimes Twitter just su- suspends Stan accounts. Yeah. For like spam or like tweeting too much. Sometimes that happens. So they become I'll get too to the bottom powerful. of it. But I also want to talk about Fady. Do you guys know about Fady? No. Uh, he faked his death. What? And he fakes being kidnapped. And it's a Taylor fan? Yep. And it was this whole thing. And even, like, Taylor Swift stan Twitter had, like, uh, like a day of silence and not tweeting at all because they were, like, out of respect for him. He was a, a problematic account, but they were, like, still, like, even if you don't like him, like, he was a huge Taylor fan account. Like, let's pay some respect and, like, be silent today since he died. And it turns out he, like, made fake accounts of his family members on Facebook to, like, message people to be like, he died. What? So, and then he pretended to be kidnapped so that he could return to his account. We're going to get into the story in a later episode. Just. What a cliffhanger. But, yeah, that's not an iconic tour moment, so it doesn't fit here. But um, I was recently reminded of that because today, the day that we're recording this, is actually the one-year anniversary that it all started. And I remember so vividly when this happened last year because I was watching it so closely because I was like, someone died? He was actually kidnapped? What? (laughs) And then I was like, he's been alive this whole time? (laughs) It was huge. It was insane. So anyway, closing thoughts, Allie. I would just like to say the one, two, three, let's go, bitch, goes with the song Delicate. The reason I like it is because Delicate's kind of like a soft song. So it's kind of funny to hear like, one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Like, it's like, dive on the east side, where you at? It's kind of like how I would prepare myself for like, all too well. Like, it's a sad, sad song, but you get like, hype for it. You know, you're like, let's go, bitch. Like, you know, I feel like that's why it works. I think Delicate is a hype song. It's about Taylor wanting a man and going after him and being like, this ain't for the best, but like, let's still hook up. But, like, out of her reputation songs, it's, like, on the softer side. It's not, like, oh, the softer. softest. Yeah. But, but, like. It goes hard. And the remixes. Yeah. I love all the remixes. And I love when she's, like, do the girls back home touch you like I do? Love it. I gotta, I gotta come clean with something. What? Delicate used to not be, like, one of my favorites. Like, I used hmm. to, like, it's not like I hated it, but I just didn't understand why everyone else loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to the Spotify single, like, where it's, like, the more acoustic version of it. Mm-hmm. Really gained appreciation for it. And then now I like the reputation version of it. Mm-hmm. I love Delicate. Yeah, it's not like I ever, like, didn't like it, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't one of my favorites. Yeah, the music video definitely isn't one of my favorites, but I, I, I would say Delicate is among my top ten Taylor songs. I would say now, for sure, for me. Like, just... Because it really perfectly captures, like, the beginning parts of a relationship. Oh, it's... Where things are so delicate. And it's like, she did it again. You know, she's just so good at writing these feelings that you don't know how to put into words. And I love it. 
Yeah, and she's not afraid to write it down. Like, I feel like there's some mm-hmm. thoughts that are, like, too hard to even write down, you know, to, like, yeah. come to terms with, you know, and she just, like, puts it out there. She did it. But to close out, do you, like, what do you think Taylor's next tour will look like? What albums is she going to perform, first of all? And then, like, what do you think the aesthetic will be? I have not a damn clue. I'm assuming she's going to do a folk Evermore tour. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think she's just so busy with these re-recordings. I mean, that's so time-consuming. How can she have time to go on tour? It may be a really long time. Yeah. So I don't. I really have no idea. I have a chaotic theory that you're going to hate. <laughs> Let's hear it. I think... The tour, I think it's going to be Folklore Evermore. I don't really think that the re-recordings are going to be involved. I think she might play, for instance, the 10-minute version of All Too Well, you know, or, like, things like that. But I don't think it's going to be, like, centered around Fearless and Red. I think it's going to be centered around Folklore and Evermore. I think she's going to announce her tour when she announces the trilogy album. Oh, God. I know. So she's never going on tour. Great. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still holding on. Let Woodvale go. I don't think it's Woodvale. And I, like, I really have let it go a lot. That's good. I and mean, just was... think about how busy she is, Allie. Like, she has a new song coming out tomorrow. But is she that busy, though? Because we have until November. It sounds like she's ahead of the game. If she's already recorded like, wildish dreams for, like, 1989. Like, I think, like, she's kind of, like, I think she's, like, got it all plotted out. Okay. Already. But I know that the trilogy, I need to let it go. But how awesome would it be? That's all I can say now is, like, how awesome would it be? But, like, I, the hope is dwindling as it should. I recognize that. I... I think what makes Folklore and Evermore so special is that they're pandemic albums. And here in the States, we're kind of out of it, you know? This is a very bad time to pitch my trilogy theories when you're angry. But you know how, like, there's some people, I don't even, maybe we even mentioned this, but, like, where she walks towards the light at the end of the Willow music video and people were theorizing that, like, they were, like, heading into the light, like, the pandemic is over, like, how cool would that be if, like, the third album, because Evermore was kind of middle ground of the pandemic. Folklore was, like, full pandemic. Evermore was, like, middle ground pandemic. Trilogy could be, like, when we're, like, entering or exiting the pandemic into the light. What better time to announce the tour when we're exiting the pandemic? Okay. It works. It works. <laughs> I would love to see her announce a tour, but... I'm still not buying the trilogy theory unless it's like three years from now or something crazy. Yeah. I also like... You gotta let her sleep. I also really like the theory of the re-recordings, including the unreleased album that was like going to be between 1989 and Reputation. I really like that theory. Because like, Taylor doesn't just like not write music, I feel like. Like, I feel like it just happens for her. I don't think it's like a job for her at this point i think it just like spills out of her and we will just have to see only time will tell thank you guys for listening to another <laughs> episode of good for a weekend i'm cutting Allie off because i'm starving all right and i think we should leave it at that we have a lot to cover in our upcoming episodes so make sure you are subscribed to us and leave us a review if you want to be nice 
And please don't leave us a mean one because they make us really sad. Yeah, Cressy has suffered hangriness this whole episode just so we weren't eating during it. But other than that, you can find us at GFA Weekend on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us at Good for a Weekend Podcast spelled out on TikTok. Join our Discord. All of our links are in our show notes. I think it's time to peace out. Yeah, you can find all the sources and video links that we talked about in this episode. I'll find that podcast link too as well for that one episode of Swindled. Um, And I am currently posting on our TikTok right now videos I took at the 1989 World Tour. So if you want to see those, give us a follow. Check it out. Yeah, you know they're not mine because I was on my height. (laughs) (laughs) You can live through my iPhone 5 camera quality. The two-piece white outfit that she wears on 1989 tour has never been beat. It's never been beat. She's like five yards away from me when she's wearing it, and I've got it. I've got it on camera. So run to our TikTok. Check it out. Yes. And with that, Jifa out. Bye, guys.